Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. He is 14-6-1. If he hadn't sold his soul to T-Boy Lachelet, he'd be pocketing enormous sums of money, even though his Saints went down last night and looked bad doing so. Four and oh, you were, you've been great. What's the secret? Hey, I just want to thank God and my team, the uh, program. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's supposed to bother my but it turned pretty good. Yeah. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. So we need to talk to Sean because our our audio is yeah, very some- staticky in our ears, in all of our ears. There's something wrong here. Yes. We need to talk to There's Sean. There's also a whispering of local news that's... You know, it's always disconcerting, Unsettling. isn't it? Yes, it is. What is this? I'm not quite sure. There's something wrong with the uh, with the headphone system because it's in all. It's not just yours. It's in all of us. It sort of pops in and out. Call Sean. Yes. Well, during a break, it's like a Voldemort. Boise State. Why situation. did James Carville? Carville did not have a great day, by the way. Carville was two and five. You know, he got a little uh, filled with himself. He smelled himself a little bit. And he went two and five. And we will not hear from him until after the midterms. He won the Oregon game because Oregon killed UCLA. He lost um, the Syracuse game. Syracuse was close. He lost Texas, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State won outright. He lost Jacksonville against the Giants. I don't know why he would have bet that. He lost. He took San Francisco against Kansas City. He lost that. He lost Pittsburgh at Miami. But he won Boise State Air Force. On a tip he got from someone who claimed to be Herman the Helicopter's kid. And we got this from Dan Fitz in Philadelphia. You bet with random basketball legends in the Dwayne Reed cashier line, <laughs> you're making money. Herman Knowing's son, 1-0 on the season, go Phils. And he bet. Dan Fitz bet. And he made some money. I had that score wrong. Just, uh, by the way, about the helicopter, and then we'll get to today's show. This is from Kevin Burke in Chicago. Sunday morning here in Chicago, just finished listening to Friday's episode of the podcast. After hearing Carville's tale of getting football picks from the helicopter's son during a Dwayne Reed visit, I had to do a little Googling. I found the following blurb on Complex.com that's worth sharing with the littles. The man is named Helicopter with good reason. Herman Knowings had bounce that could seemingly take him to the stratosphere. Knowings, who was 6'7 with a long wingspan, was a Rucker Park standout in the 1960s and 70s. His career remains New York street ball legend. Knowings was revered by NBA legends such as Hall of Famer Bernard King who once said, quote, when I was in ninth grade, I saw the helicopter with my own two eyes pick a quarter off the top of the backboard to win a bet, and I was in complete shock. He also garnered the respect of Will Chamberlain, who said Knowings' vertical, quote, was absolutely awesome. Knowings died in a car accident in 1980 at 37 years old. So then Knowings' Herman helicopter son is at least 42 years old. Yeah. Probably older than that. Uh, and it concludes from Kevin Burke, a hearty lachiserie to the helicopter son on the Boise State pick. And I think we need more field reporting from Mr. Carver. <laughs> and he also says, what happened to Ted's pants? Shabbat Shalom, Kevin Burke. <laughs> Let me just say this. If you're interested in Herman the helicopter, if you're interested in the goat Earl Manigault, if you're interested in any of the sort of streetball things in New York, there's one place to go. I don't know what complex.com is. I don't know what anything.com is. I'm not a dot-com fella. But there is one place to go. It's a book called The City Game by Pete Axtown. Pete Axtown, Yale, class of 1966 or 1967. The late and great Pete Axtown. He wrote that book when he was in his 20s. The City Game. I commend that to all of you. Let me start this show with a review of yesterday. I got so lucky. I got so lucky yesterday. Because like anybody who likes sports... You start on the red zone. You start on the red zone. And then you wander around as other things come up. As golf comes up, to see Rory McIlroy, for example, with a three-shot lead going into 17, go bogey-bogey and still win. Did you watch that, Michael? I, I watched did that. not. I watched that live. Followed along. Uh, you know, Kitayama came in second. Concrete. If he, if cool he makes the birdie course. on 18, then we go to a playoff. But I birdied, birdied 18 fun. myself. Yeah, good job out of you. Thank you. About a 30-footer, middle pin. On Congaree? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's why we watched it, because we had played that course. So, you know, I dropped in on that. I dropped in on a variety of things, but I never got more lucky than when I dropped in on the baseball. Now, I was going back and forth with the Phillies-Padres baseball game. And why was I doing that? Because I picked the Phillies to win that series. 
I said the reason I'm picking them is on PTI with Wilbon. I said because they got more pop in their bat. They had 205 home runs. They got Schwarber and Hoskins and Harper and Real Muto. They can hit it. They can hit it out. They got the second best everyday lineup in the National League. And Wilbon said, the Dodgers have more pop, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, the Padres shut them down. So I'm picking the Padres. That's how it went. I was back and forth on this game, and I get to the point where it's 4-3 to in favor of San Diego in the bottom of the eighth. Bottom of the eighth. Bottom of the eighth. So Philadelphia's running out of chances. There's a steady rain. You can see it dropping off the batting helmets of the people. When Tim Kirkchin gets on, we'll ask him, why didn't they uh, stop that game? And the answer is because it's a playoff game. They're not going to stop the game. They're going to go all night if they have to because they were going to have to play today. If San Diego had won that game, they were going to have to get on planes last night, fly all the way across the country, and play today. That was the schedule. Though it did look like it got worse through the middle innings, and you saw then Darvish had better. to bring them over to, to sort of fix them out. He kept cleaning out his shoe. Yeah. And you obviously saw the conditions did mean something when you look at how the Padres were able to score the tying run and the go-ahead run. That's right. That's right. Um, so we get to this part. Harper is, is in the pl- at the plate. Nobody out or one out. Nobody. Uh, nobody out. Real Muto leads off the inning with a clean hit. Clean hit. Everybody understands this is the drama. Right then and there. The pitcher for San Diego, Suarez, was in his second inning of relieving. Is he used to that? No, it's not used to that. Has he done it once or twice? Yes. They go to John Smoltz. Joe Davis goes to John Smoltz, a Hall of Fame pitcher. Hayter is warming up in the bullpen. Hayter, who when he first got to San Diego, was terrible. And then got great in the last three weeks. And he's the number one reliever on that team, and maybe in baseball, when he's great, because he's been a great closer before. And he's a lefty. So you're going to go lefty, lefty with Harper. And Joe Davis says, do you bring him in now? And John Smoltz says, I'm not sure you bring him in now, because then you're asking him to do a two-inning save. Josh Hader doesn't do a two-inning save. So I'm not sure I'd bring him in now. On the second pitch or third pitch of the at-bat, Harper hits one out. It's the ball game. It's the ball game that Philadelphia can close, and they, they're not a good relieving squad, but they did close the game. It was Oppo. Was it Oppo? Yeah. Bryce Harper rose to the moment. I know, oh, God, I want to hate Bryce Harper because he left us in the lurch here in Washington. But I've made my peace with this and talked about this many times. Washington won a World Series without Bryce Harper. So it's okay, whatever he wants to do. It's okay. He's a great player. When the light was brightest in these playoffs, he was the best player on the... Didn't he bat over 400? He had like five home runs in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. He batted over 500. He came up in the most dramatic situation possible. You know what the odds are of getting a home run? They're less than 10%, I would think. A home run? They knocked it out. They win the game. They go to the World Series. That's, that's the bright light big city, don't you think? Yeah, and it's it's how composed he was in all of these playoff series when he's had those big hits. I mean, he's giving an interview immediately after that, and he's just talking about we just have you know a few more outs to get. It's that it's that party line that their now uh, forever manager has given them, counting down how many more wins. And now the number is four. We just need four. But you look at what that has done to the rest of the team. I mean, you've seen Schwarber, who is who we've always known him to be, is a leadoff home run threat. But Hoskins has somehow been. Uh, revitalized and in the last is, three games he's hitting home runs every game himself and you just see these cool stories about uh i don't know if you followed the story about the shortstop who was given tickets to a fan who it no. became easier for the fan to get out to california to see the phillies play than to play at than home. getting to uh, citizens bank park which you know when they when they were making the playoffs and had that world series was like the hardest stadium to get into Philadelphia sports fans are great. Now, they'll turn on you on a dime. Yes, they they'll will. boo you out of town. Ask Ben Simmons. <laughs> they will boo you out of town. But when they love you, they love you more than anybody loves anybody. And they're great in that regard. Yeah. They, are, they are fanatical fans, Philadelphia fans. They're the number one group in the world as far as I'm concerned. They get to play the Yankees. Philadelphia, not the Yankees. Get to play Houston, Philadelphia does. Because the Yankees... Even when they hit, they didn't hit enough. It's the only game they hit, and they didn't hit enough. And they didn't field enough. And oh. they were swept. Yeah. And they were swept. And again, let's refer back to what I said on the PTI show. After game one and after game two, Houston is a decidedly better team 
than the Yankees. They're better. They had to get to Verlander. They had a chance to get to Verlander in the first three innings of game one. They didn't. And the next thing you know, 11 Yankees had struck out. 30 Yankees struck out in the first two games. 30 Yankees struck out. Tough series for Donaldson. Yeah. Oh, oh. my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. He, was, he did, couldn't get the bat on the ball ever. Nigel says through smiling. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I understand that. But the, the Yankees weren't good enough. There's a World Series. It starts Friday. That's, we'll ask Tim, why does it wait so long? Why not start it tomorrow or start it Wednesday? You it's know where inf- it's, it's infuriating. You have you have the most classic David versus Goliath. You have the first time you have a six seed eligible to play in this, and frankly, it it reiterates the power of the structure of what the playoffs are and can be. And you have to wait. Capital One presents World Series on Friday. Yeah, it's you have so they can chase Tony down in the interim. Yeah, you have a yeah. <laughs> pay him all that money, and they're eighteen point twenty five percent interest compounded by minute by minute. By you minute discovered minute. what every eighteen year old college freshman is warned about. No, I'll tell that story, but not today. Wait till um, Friday. Yeah, when Capital One presents it. <laughs> Here's the thing. You know, you lose momentum. By the way, pitchers, it's too much time off for pitchers, as we've seen a number of times. But you lose momentum with fans. But you have the number six team, the last place team that qualified for the playoffs in the National League against the first place team in the American League. Now, in years past, in the last 40 years, until this year, you would be able to maybe have a referendum on which league is better because one league had the DH and one league did not. The American League did, the National League did not. Now with a universal DH, it may be a stretch, although I think I will try to make this stretch. If the sixth-place team in the National League beats the first-place team in the American League, I think it says the National League is better. I personally think it says it decisively. I don't expect that to happen because Houston's relievers have been just great. It's all about construction, though. You look, you look at Good this rule, this could be called the Bryce Harper clause. It protects him over the summer when he was not going to play because he was hurt. That's right. That's right. He yeah. was able and to be out there. The he still can't play the field because of the broken thumb. But he's out there batting. <laughs> he's doing which fine. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, so you get to see a pretty good, I think it's a pretty good World Series. There's no particular rivalry there. Will people come into it? I don't know if they'll come into it. Um, and, and so I've, I've spent a lot of time on the baseball. There's a story in the football that is now staring us in the face. And it's a story of huge consequence. Nobody would argue that over the last 10 years, and I'm saying 10 specifically because that excludes Patrick Mahomes because he's only played about five years. No one would argue that over the last 10 years there were any better quarterbacks or any quarterbacks as good as Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. be a foolish argument to make. You'd look like a dope, so you wouldn't make it. Tom Brady should quit today. It's over. It's over. It doesn't matter that he doesn't get intercepted. It do- they're not scoring any points. They've lost to Pittsburgh and Carolina. Oof. Pittsburgh stinks. Carolina is the worst team in football. They've lost two in a row to that team. And while Tom Brady's percentage of completion is fine, they don't score any points. If you think that's bad, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have lost in three weeks to the Jets, the Giants, and the Washington football team. I don't care what the Giants record is or what the Jets record is. I don't care. They can't be any good. And I know Washington isn't any good. Aaron Rodgers has lost three in a row. You don't see him getting out there saying, relax. What do you make of this? You didn't think he was going to complete that pass? Uh, I think it was deep down the right side. I did think yeah, he was going to complete that. They complete His that receivers every other drop year. passes. Yeah. They drop passes, but they're not winning. They're yeah. not winning I think the biggest surprise with, with Brady is to see outside factors influencing him, which is something you never saw before. Yeah. Tom Brady said this before we started the show, said this in here. Robert Kraft got married on a Friday night during the season a couple of weeks ago, which he should never have done. He's the owner of a football team. He knows how that works. Don't get married during the season. Bill Belichick didn't go to the wedding because Bill Belichick said, I'm doing my job. I'm preparing for a football game. Tom Brady, who never, ever, ever lost focus on football for over 20 years, 
went to that wedding. That's, that's the telltale sign, kids. He's distracted. It's time to go. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. He doesn't walk out on a down note. He's not Willie Mays stumbling around the plate. He's throwing the ball well. Get out now. That's my warning to the world. Get out now. <laughs> we will have Michael Wilbon when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This comes to us from Kirsten. Kirsten says, I want to share with you and the listeners this high-quality podcast, the fabulous music of my friend, musician, singer, songwriter, Amy Martin. Amy now lives in Denver, but is a native of Glen Burnie, Maryland. She spent much of her childhood living between Glen Burnie and Harrisonburg. She was a recent guest on my podcast, meaning KJ's podcast, Midwest Bias. We had a great conversation about her musical journey, influences, songwriting, and more, such as Steam Maryland Blue Crabs. Yes, I do have a podcast, but I neither think I sound good or that I'm all that interesting. But my guests are. In fact, as long as I'm here, I'm sure you won't mind reading this for me. You're listening to the Midwest Bias Podcast, where we love Subarus, Tater Tot Hot Dish, and an I-95 is a bingo ball, you betcha. <laughs> How's that? Does that work out, Kirsten? This, again, is Amy Martin. It's playing in Mike Wilbon. It's called Traveling On. We'll play another song from her later in the show. Wilbon joins us now. I know you got a lot of TV, so, so I understand what your answer is going to be. But did you find yourself yesterday... Did you find yourself fixating on the baseball or the football? Because honestly, I found myself fixating on the baseball. No, Tony, I don't fixate. I just, I, I'm watching all of it. Yeah. <laughs> watching. I've got three TVs. The one is on the big one, the 85 inches on red zone. And um, I had the commanders on for a, you know, a, a part of it, part of the day. And when the baseball comes on, the baseball goes on one TV and, and football comes off and then, you know, at night I'm watching both uh, the Yankees and I'm watching right. Miami. Right. And uh, that game, that game was fascinating with Tua. Yep. So no, I don't, I don't, we don't. You and I do not watch TV the same way at no. all. Not like, like, not at all, because I'm not on a Sunday like that. I'm not going to miss one. I watched the Warriors last night. I watched the Suns. I watched, you know, I didn't watch much of the Lakers. I should have watched more, given the drama that played out there. I didn't, I didn't see it so late, but. No, I, I don't, that's why God made a man cave. <laughs> I'm self-indulgent. So, um, so I, felt, I felt that when I landed, when I got, I landed on the eighth inning, I flipped over and landed mm-hmm. on the eighth inning in the Phillies game for the Harper at bat, and I just thought, this is so fortunate. I mean, Bryce Harper rising to the moment like he that. He really did. He, he really did. did. After John Smoltz, and I said this before, you know, we got to you, John Smoltz was asked, would you bring in Hayter now? And he said no. No, because you can't ask him to pitch a two-inning uh, save. No. Right. You know, and Suarez. But he's done it. He did it. He, he's done it in the postseason. I disagree. Look, Smoltz is yeah. brilliant. Oh, he's but Hayter had, had done it like in the last two weeks. So I might have answered that a little differently. I might have thought he might. The, the call on the, the, the at-bat of his life was a great call on Harper. And I didn't have the sound up at the moment because I'm watch I'm you know right. I'm watching football. Football has a sound, but yeah, I mean that was a that was an oh my god moment for him, and, and it is the bad of his life. Oh, so there's no question. And, and I mean, I had the Phillies winning that series, and you had the Padres, and I've yeah. explained to people yeah. that I said the Phillies have pop in their bats, and you said they got as much as the Dodgers, and I said no, and you said the Padres shut down the Dodgers, yeah. which made both of us made perfect sense, but the Phillies. Played a great the series. They're having a special time right now. We don't know if it's going to last another round because the Astros just look to be better. They look the to be look so the good. The Astros look like one of the great teams in the last 25 years. They do. They do. And they they have not lost a single game in the playoffs. That's right. Seven and they And they their games are close games. They win every close yes. game. Yes. Yes. They win 18 innings. They gave up six yeah. hits in one game. They're, they're you know. 
know, they're phenomenal. They're phenomenal. I'm rooting for them because I'm rooting for Dusty Baker. Yeah. I don't care about them. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I was not rooting against the Yankees because I know the two people. Aaron Boone was my neighbor in Scottsdale. People don't realize Aaron Boone was living in Scottsdale, Arizona. I didn't know that. Before he came back to manage. And, um, He's a very nice fellow. I've got to know Boone. He's just a really nice He's a person. very nice fellow. And, and, of course, I know Rizzo. And I root for Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. So I, I didn't have, you know, anything against any team. But, but, I, but, I'm, but I'm, I, I'm rooting for Dusty Baker. I, I've been doing that the whole postseason. I'm certainly doing it now this last round. So I'm just sorry that it doesn't start until Friday. I don't That's, understand yeah. that. It's, you know, what are you doing? TV commitments, Tone. TV. What are you, marketing. What are you doing? It's a mistake. Start Wednesday. Start Wednesday. Yeah. Let's go. This is not TV. This is not the Super Bowl. This is not something no, that people plan to go to and, for and years and years because you don't know who's in it. And there's no more dates that conflict with football anymore like they used to. No, because no football and baseball don't play in the same stadiums anymore. I just don't. They just don't. Don't understand this. Let me get yeah. to football. I wrote you this note yesterday. I think Brady should quit today. I, I just I I, I told do. you last week that he was I you know he, I think he could I think that could happen. He's just he looks at me for the first time. You know he and Belichick always act like they're miserable, but they're not. Brady now looks like he's actually miserable. It's he does. There's I've what's talked the point? To, I've talked to former NFL players who know and adore and love Brady, love him. And they have said to me in the last two to three weeks, yeah, well, he's not even Tom Brady right now. He's got so much going on. And, I, you know, I, I, I feel for him. I he never let that stuff in his life before. Never. When he right. was going through, and this had to be an upheaval, leaving Bridget Moynihan with a child yeah. for Giselle, which, yeah, which would destroy he was anyone. He was young. He, he didn't, was 30 years old. It's a big deal. It's 45. I, it's a big deal. I'll give you all this, but what I'm saying is that just the act of going to the Robert Kraft wedding, which he never, ever would have done, right? it's over. His, his concentration, don't you? That's what I think it yeah, is, right? That's what they're saying. That's, it's what, just, that's, what these, that's what players who know him or have told me they believe. That they don't have any way of necessarily knowing. That's right. That's but they believe right. that, and, and, I, and I believe them. What do you make of the Packers? What yeah. do you make of this? They, this? You know, maybe the cycle's over. Maybe. Like, I don't agree with Aaron Rodgers when he says, you know, maybe this is the best thing for us. What? First of all, that's a completely logical position for him to take. Yeah, but what? But I don't, I don't, now I don't believe it. Now I don't. I mean, they lost. You know, they, they, these two losses in a row. Three. And, Giants, and they, Jets, three. Washington. Oh, that's, right. that's right. Last year, the Giants and Jets combined, combined, were 8-26. Yeah. and 26. Yeah. I don't know how they're doing this. Well, but, but this is not last year's Jets. Uh, they're better. I, I, this they're better. Don't fall into this millennial trap, Tony. You know teams get better. They get better. They work at it. They go to practice. They get good, better coaches. The, the, the Giants. all know what he's, what he's doing. Of course, oh. you Yes, you do know. Yes, you do know what to make of it. Teams don't stay bad forever unless it's the Washington. Lions or something. No. They don't. They get better. Even teams that pop up like Tampa Bay was bad for forever. Well, they won a Super Bowl back with, you know, they, Tony Dungy delivered them and Gruden won the Super Bowl. But That's right. They get better. They get better coaches. They work harder. They work smarter. They get better GMs. The Cubs. Come on. You do know how. You, do, you know exactly what to make of it. Do you think in one year... Both the Giants and the Jets, who were each four and thirteen, one of them is now six and one, and yeah. one is five and two. Good for them. You you think they're good? Yeah, we don't have okay. to think it. Okay. What did Bill Parcells say? Yeah, you, you are, are what your record, record says you are. Yeah. I don't know if they're good enough to be serious contenders this year, but they're good right now. Which I'll, is all that matters, and the Packers aren't. Coaching coaching matters. Um, yes. Coaching this guy for the Giants, this guy knows what he's doing. That's my point. He knows what he's doing. He's yeah, even got so Daniel so Jones running the option twice Daniel in Jones the fourth like quarter. The MVP looked great. Sometimes he looked great. Daniel he's Jones looked great. Bringing the best out of him. Yes, it's amazing. How about our boy Kenneth Walker yesterday? 
Michigan State's own. We did a happy birthday to him during the week. He went for 168 yards and two touchdowns for Seattle. Oh, I, I didn't know his numbers. I, I didn't really oh, they were that. great. I knew that he had a hell of a game. I did not know his numbers. So the headline and, and he's, to me, he's a guy who's really, I mean, teams, people get better. They draft good people. Yeah. Why are the Seahawks any good? Because they, they got better people. And they have a great coach over yes, a long period and of time. they have a great coach, yes. Who has won on college and the pros. Yeah. Well, not everybody's done that. And he can retool and keep going. He knows he, how to inspire people. He knows how to use them. And his players love him. Yes, they do. His players love him. To me, yeah. like the overall headline, if you're looking for like the think piece in the NFL, is Brady and Rodgers. But the, the headline of the games, Kansas City went to San Francisco and killed them. Yeah, they tattooed them. They killed them. They did. It's going to take more than, you know, the, the kid who runs and catches the ball. McCaffrey. He doesn't play defense, does he? No, he doesn't. So there's two weeks in a row. Atlanta tattooed San Francisco last week. Now, this is Two weeks in a row where they just got beat down. And they were supposed to have what we thought was a great defense up there with Dallas's defense, and it isn't. No, it isn't. It isn't. And I would say, two, two weeks and I'm, I'm, this is, I'm going to come into conflict with the uh, WPI, the Wilbon Power Index, because I'm going to say Buffalo 1, Kansas City 2, and you you're going to say Philadelphia, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know what? You know what the 72 Dolphins have done? They drank champagne last night because they celebrated their 50th anniversary. That's right, right. But but they haven't they haven't drank they haven't had the champagne based on this year with a team every team losing have they? No. Okay. So they're not running scared of Buffalo and Kansas City because they've lost already. They've already lost. The Philadelphia Eagles have not. Okay. So we so disagree. I, you know, I'm not. I get it. The Eagles the Eagles are gonna lose. They're gonna lose. And at some point this season, maybe even next week. Kansas City or Buffalo's got a tough game, right? Who's Buffalo play? I don't know. They've had the toughest schedule in the world the first seven games. They have, but they I think it's got to get easier for them. Coming. Hits keep coming. I think it's got to win them all. Them. If you're going to threaten those Dolphins, and so it was fun for me as a kid who was 13 years old to see those guys. You know, Zonka That's I know was on a cane. Yeah, but to see Greasy, and, and you know, it's just the only person missing for me, of course, for anybody was Shula. Uh, has been, the Bills know, have the Packers next week. They have the Packers. Ooh, that's right. That's right. In Buffalo. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. So that becomes a compelling game and situation. Yes. Um, yes. That becomes that's, that becomes that. But no, it, it, it's there's worst to first and first to worst every single year in the NFL. So what do I make of it? Nothing. All right, we that's were, the way the league. That's the way that league is. It's eight ten in the morning as we tape right now. I would have fired Nathaniel Hackett last night. I would fire him by noon. I would have fired him after the opener. Right. You you know, it doesn't work there. And I understand it was Brett Rippon. It doesn't work with Russell Wilson. It doesn't matter. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter. It doesn't work because of him. He's not good enough. Not yet. His next gig, he may get another one. He may earn that and he may bounce back. But right now, no. He's in over his head, it looks like. Yes. Yes, Um, it does. You know, he's one of those guys where you tell me that you have to hire him and not Eric Bieniemy. That that makes me angry. It makes me it makes me it makes me f bomb dropping angry. So this is I don't know Eric Bieniemy from a hole in the wall, and I would hire Eric Bieniemy because of what he's done with Mahomes. But and there's always a but. Just because you stand next to great players, as we are seeing with a lot of coaches, Mike. Just yeah. because you stand next to great players doesn't mean you're a great coach. Doesn't no. mean that. We don't know. No, we don't. Just, we don't. But here's what we know now. We know Hackett ain't Yeah, he's it. not. We know that. We, right. we see that. It's like we saw that with almost everybody who came out of Bill Belichick. Yeah, almost everybody. They pretty stood much. next to great players, and they weren't great themselves. They were not great themselves. No. Get and, you out and, of here and, on Northwestern. Did you go to the uh, game in college ball? Yeah, I was there. They were tied late. I, I, I they texted were you. They by 10. So, I, you know, it, it was a very, very, very angry <laughs> mood that I was in. And, I, you know, I hadn't, look, I spent five years of my life, my early, young life, covering the University of Maryland for the Washington Post. 
Right. So that means for every Saturday, and for five years in the fall, back when they played 11 games, I was in College Park in that stadium. And I hadn't been out there in 20 years after being out there every week. And not only that, as a columnist, I was out there a lot. So I was, I was there a lot for 20 years, and now for 20 years I haven't been there at all. So I barely knew how to get in the stadium. And I walk, I walk in, and I, I was a guest, thankfully, of Kevin Planks in the Under Armour suite because uh, both Northwestern and Maryland are Under Armour schools. Yes. And we were first. Um, well, no, Maryland was first because it's his yeah, school. It's, 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 it's his school, yeah. Of the Big Ten at the time, which Maryland was not in, we were first. And so Kevin is very generous with that praise, talking about his partnerships with Maryland and with Northwestern. And so I was there. Matthew and one of his best friends, Christian, went with us. They, these, these are jock kids. They watch everything. They know everything. They know all the local high school players who played now for Maryland. They know all the DMV kids who stay here, who's good, who's not, who's being recruited. And I went in and in that Under Armour suite, which is great to sit and watch a game from. Gary Williams was there. We talked badly about you for about, about four hours. Good. And um, Walt <laughs> Williams, who was great to see this, you know, a lot of you know former Maryland football and basketball players, all of whom I know at least a little, and some of whom I know damn well over decades, like the Wizard. It's great to see Walt Williams, who was just wonderful company. And so, you know, there's that that the social element of it was great. We're up 10. And I'm thinking, we can break this, this losing streak here. We're playing pretty well. And then we weren't. And so I, 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 that was, you know, put me in a foul mood the rest of the weekend. And my athletic director came and watched football with me yesterday in the man cave. You were, t- you you were tied. You were tied I mean, we were late ahead. in the you fourth the quarter. Tie. We were ahead in but the second half. You were tied I in the had. fourth quarter. I tune off for a second. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me, I come back here down a touchdown. Some kid won 75 well, so yards. When a kid can run 75 yards from scrimmage after you tie the game. 75 yards, happens. boom. So it doesn't take long. All right. So, you know. I'll just, talk to you. Um, we're not getting, we're not, not only are we not getting blown out of games, we lost one game decisively to Wisconsin. We, we outplayed Penn State, in my opinion, in, in Nittany Land in one of those, you know, whiteouts, whatever the hell that means. And we, we outplayed Duke for a bunch of the game. You know, Duke deserved to win and did. We outplayed. We, we, we were ahead of Maryland by 10 on the road and tied late. As you said, we went right down the field. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't, it's just it's a lost season. It's a lost season. I hope that these kids who have committed stay committed. I, mean, I keep seeing headlines about how Fitz is having the best recruiting class of maybe anybody in the country not named Alabama which is startling for us to even read that headline. But, you know, kids decommit now, Tony. They, they, they leave in a heartbeat. We already had one kid decommit. They put their hand out, and if someone puts a 50 in it, they go there. No, 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 no. They're not doing anything for a 50. Well, you know what I mean. Uh, yes, I do. But they're doing it for hundreds yeah, of thousand. thousands That's right. of dollars. Good for them. All right. Hundreds of thousands. It is good. It's good for them. I'll talk it to is, you later. But, you know, it, it changes, the, changes the landscape no. of college sports. Talk to you later. All right, Tom. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. Take a break. Tim Kirkchin will join us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Kirsten Onstad's good friend, Amy Martin. This is a song called Dance With You, and Kirsten writes, I can just hear you now saying she's so talented, so good, and I can't even play piano. There's a lot of things I can't do. But she's really good. Yeah, she is. Amy Martin. She's really good. Her singles are uh, on all the streaming platforms. At the end of the show, you can go listen to her. You don't have to listen to me, and it's a wise thing to do. Tim Kirchin joins us now. As I said before we got on the air, you're going to have to be prepared for a lot of weather questions. Let's just start with Philadelphia. The conditions in Philadelphia... Um. I guess the answer to all my questions is going to be these are the playoffs and there's a schedule and you have to do it. But during the regular season, would that game have been, if not postponed, certainly put on hold for a while? That's a good question, Tony. Um, I mean, Sir Anthony Dominguez had Couldn't three. Pitch. 
wild pitches in one inning. Yeah. Um, and when this what this what some people don't understand is the the skill required to play this game means the weather has to cooperate. It's hard to throw a baseball uh, in the rain. It's hard to throw a baseball when you don't have the proper grip. The last pitcher to have three wild pitches in one inning was, of all people, uh, Clayton Kershaw in oh. 2009. But it's weird when you can't hold the ball properly, you can't throw it properly. So, uh, yes, you're on a schedule now. It's a shortened postseason there's no travel day, so they they just said, "All right, we think we can play in this." I didn't think the weather was horrendous. I've seen I've seen games played in worse weather than that, but it is never comfortable to play a playoff game in weather like that. Is that a call by the on-field crew, or is that an MLB call? Well, once the game begins, the game is in the hands of the umpires. But MLB has everything to do with the playing of the game. As you know, Tony, they played a game in Houston the other night where they opened the roof because Major League Baseball said said, we want the roof open. The Astros, who own the ballpark, say, no, we don't want the roof open. And MLB said, well, we're in charge of this decision you're going to open the roof tonight, but the rules state once the game once the game begins, the game is in the hands of the umpire. But it's a playoff game, so Major League Baseball is going to have something to say about the playing of the game, no matter what. In the eighth inning, um, in the Padres' half of the eighth, the left-handed reliever for the Phillies, whose name escapes me now, was you know stomping around the mound because he the rosin bag was so wet. And a kid had to come out and give him a new rosin bag two or three times. It was clear, and he got out of the inning. It was clear to me he did not want to be pitching in that. I think it was clear that you, Darvish, did not want to be pitching in that, right? Um, well, Jose Alvarado is the left-hand okay. yeah. reliever for the Phillies. Yeah. And I've seen him do this before. I saw it in the last series that I called. I called the game from the booth, and he had to have somebody come out and tamp down the mound and fill up the hole. So, you know, some of these pitchers are very finicky about the landing spot and everything else. I think he's one of them. But frankly, I don't blame him or anyone else. If if you're going to go to work, you need a comfortable place in which to work. And he did not feel comfortable, I'm sure, on that mound. But... Uh, he asked for some help, and they brought that rosin bag out, Tony, as you saw, yep. in a plastic bag. In a so bag. They dry. I mean, yep. this is hard to do. This is hard to do. Play this game, this game especially, in really bad weather. Um, it, there was great symmetry to the Phillies-Padres game. Both starters went out after one hit in the sixth, right? I mean, they both came out at, at the same time. The, the Phillies end up winning the game on what was, to me, one of the great rise-to-the-moment situations that any great player can hope for. And Harper, Harper exceeded it, did he not? It was great. It was great, Tony. It was the greatest moment of his baseball life. It was the biggest home run, certainly, of his major league career. And it was one of the biggest home runs in the history of the Philadelphia Phillies. Yep. It was the perfect situation the guy they gave all the money to the middle of the order guy who has been the guy that's supposed to carry them gets a situation where this is where i'm supposed to hit a home run and then he does yes it so rarely happens that way because baseball is so difficult to play but just when you needed him he hit a two-run homer and they're going to the World Series. You could not have painted this any better than it did for Bryce Harper. And I'm telling you, Tony, I've known him since the day he got to the big leagues. I was there the day he signed his contract and took batting practice at Nationals Park as a 19-year-old. This guy has changed. He still wants to tear your throat out every single game and beat you. That's all he cares about. But I'm telling you, he is less crazed about the game in a good way he's more relaxed about his situation and if you notice after he hit that home run 
he wasn't running around like a wild man. He just like looked at the dugout and threw his bat as if to say, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do yes. right now. And then he did it. It was really, really impressive. So let's do a little bit of second guessing. Maybe we'll give you the opportunity to second guess. I don't know if when you watch baseball, you watch with the sound up. I watch with the sound up. But <clears throat> Joe Davis, who was doing the call, turned to John Smoltz right before that at bat. They have Hader in the bullpen. You go lefty, lefty if you want to. And he said, would you put Hader in? And I'm pretty sure John Smoltz said, I don't know that I want him in there for a two-inning save. I don't know that I would do that right now. Did you hear the same thing I heard if your sound was up? Uh, yes, I heard something similar, yes. What do we second guess now? I mean, John Smoltz, what? if you're going to ask somebody about pitching, I mean, Smoltz is great on the call. He's great. What do you make of it? Yeah. You always second-guess in baseball, Tony. This is one of the beauties of postseason baseball. You know, you never say, why was you know, LeBron guarding Kobe no, in the fourth can. quarter no. for three minutes? You know, no, no one ever asked that no. question. But they ask it in baseball all the time. Look, Josh Hader struck out eight batters in a row in the postseason. No one's ever done that. He struck out the side in two consecutive appearances. No one's ever done that. So he's, to me, he needs to face Bryce Harper yes, me too. in that situation. Me too. It, it's not that simple, Tony. Not. First off, Bob Melvin, the manager of the Padres, who's a really smart guy, not kind of smart, really smart, said after the game that Josh Hader wasn't ready to come into the game. Now, did the Padres not get him up in time to get ready, or does it take him a little extra time to get ready and he wasn't ready for Harper. Well, I think he has to be ready for Harper in that situation. You know Harper's that, the second guy up in that inning. You know right, that. that. Right. That's why he's there. And they lost three games in a row in Philadelphia, and he didn't pitch in any of them. And he is the most overpowering relief pitcher in the game. So, yes, I would have had him in there. But John Smoltz's point is well made, as you know, a lot of closers just – can't go to innings, Tony. They can't. You know, in the famous playoff game in 1978, Red Sox-Yankees, Goose Gossage got a, a save for two and two-thirds innings. Two yeah. and two-thirds. Unheard of for a closer today because of the way that we protect them and the way that we use them. Okay. I'll move on to the Yankees. The Yankees got swept, and they got swept by a better team. That's, it's, it's just that simple. The Yankees had a chance in game one against Justin Verlander in the first three innings. Didn't get that and didn't get anything for the rest of the way. Couldn't hit, struck out all the time. There's no point in going over and over and over with this. But Houston appears to be a really good team, Tim. Yeah, their pitching is spectacular, Tony. It was the best in the American League. There was not a close second. And they completely crushed the Yankees with their... Yeah. Pitching. The Yankees hit 162 in this series and struck out 50 times. 50 in four games. In four games. Uh, they struck out in 35% of their plate appearances. And the relievers for the Astros struck out 42 batters in 33 innings. That is a ridiculous strikeout rate for any series or any postseason. That's what the, the relievers have done, meaning – Every guy who comes into the game for the Astros is a way above average major league pitcher. They don't have a bad pitcher on their team, and they just kept throwing them at you and at you. That's how they won, and that's why they're a really good team. They won with Jose Altuve at one point being 0 for 25. With Jordan Alvarez, who is Willie McCovey, come back to life, didn't really get going until even last night, and they still are 7-0 and in the postseason, so they are, they are the, the to me the favorites, the clear favorites to win the World Series. Anything can happen. Yes, their pitching is great, and they they have been, they've been in the World Series a bunch four times in the last six years. That is not a coincidence. This is going to be a long question. I'm getting on a soapbox here. Momentum is very important in sports, and it's very important as well for people who watch sports. Baseball is coming out of a very dramatic series with the Phillies and the Padres, relatively unknown teams to most of the country. 
they have Houston, a team known for being cheaters over a long period of time, but an excellent, excellent team that just shut out the Yankees. Four games. Blanked them. See you around. Thanks for coming. And their World Series is going to start on Friday. This is insanity to me. I understand that you have a setup and a series of dates because you can never assume a four-game sweep. You have to assume something is going to go seven. But this is not the Super Bowl. Each year, it changes. It's like it, it's, you don't know 10 years in advance where the game is going to be held. So it changes all the time. If Houston has the first two games, just put it on. Put it on. There's no conflict. Start it Wednesday. Why are they not doing this? Feel free to yell at me. <laughs> Tony, th- this is the schedule. This is how it works. But And there's there's no changing it, and I understand that. But I also understand what you're saying. You're going to lose the momentum. Oh. And more important, this is the ultimate daily game. It is played best when it is played every day. What was the complaint we heard after the wild card series that all these teams had to wait three, right. four, five days to play right. a game, and they were rusty when their playoff series began? Well, now we're going to wait a similar amount of games to start the World Series, and both teams are going to be rusty. Yes. The only good thing is both teams can line up their starting pitching. The, the Phillies can take their two best pitchers, Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, and line them up to, to pitch twice in the series. That's a good thing. But sure, in a perfect world, we would start the World Series on, on tomorrow or Wednesday at the latest. Yes. Instead, yes. we have to wait till Friday. And it, that's not going to change, Tony. Tickets have been sold. Arrangements have been made. I totally understand that. But this is not good for the game that we're going to have to wait this long to start the World Series. You are competing with college and professional football. And you have an opportunity to make inroads based on two series that were quick with charismatic players here, there, and everywhere. It's, it's self-defeating to do this on baseball's part. It really is, Tim. Self-defeat. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's a yeah. five-day hiatus. That's insane. Yes, I, I agree with you, Tony, because let's say they started on Tuesday. They would be able to play games Tuesday, Wednesday, travel Thursday, and then play Friday. Have three games into the World Series. With no football. Before the football, football right. weekend. With begins. no football. So yes, I, I see your point. I'm not as angry about this I'm as you angry. are because I understand this is how things work. But it's it's not great timing for baseball. It's great timing when you're with us. Thank you, Tim. We'll talk during the series. Thank you. Okay, Tony. Thank you. Tim Kirchin, boys and girls. We'll take a break. We have email and jingle. When we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's. Tony's mailbag. He got your emails, faxes, and your notes. He's going to read some mail. like that. That is from Tom Ronan Goddard, who signs the letter Ronan. And he writes, thanks so much for reading my note about the Jacobson family. You never disappoint. I guessed accurately, as it turns out, that if you did read the email on the pod, you and Michael would come up with such tidbits as learning from Matt's mother how to make salad dressing with a bit of mustard. You should see what Matt, with seven years as an itinerant professional chef on his resume, can do with salad dressing these days. Michael, I recommend reaching out to the musician. And thanks so much to Nigel, who graciously offered must have fallen through the cracks as a reason my bluesy jingle hadn't passed through the screening process rather than the nightmarish web of deep-seated childhood-generated notions of inadequacy and unlovability that will offer an alternative, less empowering version up for my consideration. Welcome to the inside mind of a counseling psychologist. So I lay my vulnerable psyche on the line again with this mailbag offering. My childhood wounds wait with bated breath to see how this foolhardy act of vulnerability turns out. As always, thanks for the years of delight. From Ronan in Tucson, Arizona, and Hillsboro, North Carolina. It was lovely. That was great. I'm glad we did it. It's going to go into the rotation. It is. Don't worry about a thing. 
You want to do the Bethesda bagel ad now? But then we got the bagel sandwiches today. Very exciting. Very happy. Yes, go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. I love that you just leave it on the counter like an offering at this point. <laughs> it's a tribute. Yes. That'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say Raven Hair and Ruby Lips, Sparks Fry from her fingertips, echoed voices in the night. She's a restless spirit on an endless flight. That's the Eagles. I believe that's Witchy Woman. Yes, it is. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon, Tim Kirkjian. Thanks to our sponsors, Indochino, SeatGeek, and Simply Safe. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Reginald's Ways, uh, continue. Uh, support the monkey by getting a t-shirt at shop.tonycornersoshow.com and say hi to Rob. And the, the monkey's doing very well, is he not? He's crushing. <laughs> the monkey is crushing. Leading everyone, right? He has the best record. <laughs> and he's a monkey. From Tyler Murphy in New Orleans, although I've been a Little for the better half of a decade, I've never written in to play one of the many games that Littles have created over the years. Since I just got married two weeks ago, I figured the wedding game is the perfect opportunity for my first email. You may remember reading our invitation on air as you made a note of our website, tylerlovespage.com. While we did not have any Littles crash the wedding, we did receive many RSVPs from Littles with well wishes and lechiseries. I had to explain to the woman to whom I'm now related by marriage what lechiserie meant, but quickly realized there's no way to make sense as to why people scream out the name of a cheese counter. <laughs> <coughs> the notes from everyone were very kind and much appreciated, though frankly would have rathered a revolution toaster. It was a beautiful South Louisiana Friday night full of eating, dancing, and drinking, and then we were off to the Dominican Republic for the honeymoon. In almost a decade, I've never run into a little in the wild. That is, until our second-to-last night at our resort, when we met a couple from the D.C. area. After Paige and I introduced ourselves, the conversation went as follows. Them. We live in the D.C. area. Me. I've never been to D.C., but I have a weird question. You go to Bethesda Bagels? Them. Of course, but how do you know about Bethesda Bagels? Me. I listen to a podcast with Tony Kornheiser. He talks about it every show. As a matter of fact, he read our invitation on the air. Them. Wait. YourTylerLovesPage.com? Wow. P.S. Every one of your listeners down south understand every word from Carville. I'm not exactly sure whether or not that's something to be proud of. <laughs> that's phenomenal. Um, from, who's this from? DJ or David Olson. Imagine my surprise while walking Betty the Labradoodle and listening to Wednesday, October 19th podcast when I heard a very familiar name. Although you butchered Bob Preloger's name, it's pronounced like someone who has not yet cut down a tree. Prelogger. 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 Yes. I okay. said to Betty, I know that guy. It was my first David Aldridge moment after a few decades of listening. Bob was the director of admissions at Augustana College in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the Harvard of the Dakotas, when I attended in the early 2000s. It was during this time I discovered Mr. Tony on the local ESPN radio affiliate. Bob is indeed an intrepid traveler. My first extended encounter with Bob was during a trip to Germany as part of a scholarship program during my freshman year of college. Bob was the primary person in charge of 20-plus college freshmen, newly unleashed in a foreign country where they could legally drink. I distinctly remember heading to a bar the first evening, and upon seeing the other students doing tequila shots, Bob <laughs> scolded us for drinking tequila in the greatest beer-drinking country in the world. A few days later, we all got that experience as we ventured to the Nuzel Kloster Brewery, which is on the grounds of a monastery from the 12th century. At 9 in the morning, we toured the brewery, and we were treated to three full pours of their brews. From there, we started a multi-hour bus ride. Needless to say, it was a rough morning. <laughs> Tell Bob that David Olson, Augustana class of 2004, says hello from Madison, Wisconsin. Tonight, I'll raise a stein of Oktoberfest while sitting beside my solo stove. Yes, I use the code in honor of Bob and the wonderful connective tissue of this show. This one pleases me so much. From, and they all do. This is from Les Cossack in Galena, Ohio. Please let Jose know that while construction on Worthington Road will continue into next year, Africa Road is expected to reopen to two-way traffic by the end of the month. Awesome. That's just unbelievable. Yep. And from Stephen Kinnell or Kinnell in Columbus, Ohio, as a resident of the north side of the central Ohio region, I know those roads. <laughs> I know those roads. Just so fabulous. From Rick uh, DiBiazio, who writes, left out my hotel four blocks to the Duomo. What is the Duomo? Is that in Italy? The Duomo, yes. right? Oh, yes, yes. My new bride and I, oh, okay. My new bride and I are in Florence. A the one in ends. Italy. Enjoy, not Florence, South Carolina. The one in Italy, enjoying the magic of this Renaissance town. Tell Michael it's been unusually warm. As we enjoy the art history and the wonderful Tuscan people, I'm sorry to report that the song stuck in my head is Victor Wembignana, Victor <laughs> Wembignana. Dan Byrne, you magnificent bastard. Ciao, Rick DiBiazio. Shout on your bike time, everyone, as always. To wear white. But I still need a bit of milk, Poor full fat, fat which I've um. warmed in the micro wave. <laughs> 
Just for two 